Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Phenomenal You. Today, we have my other brother, Brian, here with us today. And we want to talk today about identity. So without further introduction, I want to present to y'all my middle brother, which is Brian Lara. Brian? Hi, yes. Thank you for having me on today. No, thanks for doing this and helping me out. Um, I really wanted to talk to you about this topic um, called identity (laughs) that we both have talked about a lot and I think over the years you and I have really had intimate conversations as siblings gotten to know one another seeing who we are and we've gone through a lot of challenges that are very similar within uh, a close time frame of one another especially in the last two years I believe Uh, Now we live together, so we're spending more time, we're getting to know one another. I think we're developing a great friendship, not just being brother and sister relationship, but also something different, which, um, you know, we're trying to figure out how to do that while we've been together alone for the the first time ever. So I kind of want to hear from you in terms of like your identity, because you identify right and you've given me permission to say this as well you identify as a gay latino man but i want to hear your perspective in terms of that identity and how you have just developed all of these intersectionalities of who you are right you're a son you're a brother um you're a human being in this world you're everything else that you're going to talk about today but i want to hear that side of you a little bit more and I want to give you that this time just to kind of explain that what you've been through, what has happened now that you know you're 27. <laughs> How did this journey of identity start for you, um, especially now during this time of COVID, being in quarantine, and you know now we all have time to think, analyze, um, reflect on what we've done or who we want to become or who we are, and trying to figure that out right now. Um, but I want to give you some opportunity to go ahead and speak on your perspective in your life. Okay, so where do I even begin? Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, you know, so as you mentioned, uh, I, I do identify as a gay Latino man. And yes, I do say Latino instead of Latino because I feel like that's very important, uh, you know, to emphasize. Um, you know, it, it definitely wasn't easy Uh you know, getting to this point and and being proud to say that I am a gay Latino man, uh, because I wasn't always that way. Um, you know, like with many um, gay men, uh, especially in the, in the Latinx community, and I, I can only imagine in other communities as well. Um, you know, it, it's not easy to just um, come out as a gay man. You know, when I was uh, growing up, uh, you know, I didn't know what gay always was. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that most people know what gay is when they're, you know, three or four years old. Uh, but they do have some sentiment of, uh, you know, feeling like they have to repress their their authentic selves because, you know, I th- I think me, you know, when I was younger, I think I can kind of read a crowd and, and just know, you know, I I don't know why I have these feelings and, and I feel like they're different from from let's say you know one of my colleagues in the, in the kindergarten and and I know that this is not okay. Uh, you know, and, and I think it's it's very sad that a lot of people have to uh, go through that, um, you know, but unfortunately, it, it, it was that way for me, at least. Um, 
and you know it's it just it's just very hard to to feel like you you have to repress uh, a part of yourself and and you know you kind of mention three or four years old for you you know in your story that's where you felt right there I think was that's something different right yeah I think those those are my first memories of yeah like you said feeling feeling different yeah mm. and and when you you look back at that time and being like I remember being three I remember the, being four which is hard for a lot of people to really go back in time and kind of be like what was I doing around that age right but in that time like what were some things that you knew like examples that you knew you were like this is not what I feel if for some reason this is not correct for whatever reason it was and I quote correct right now right in your mind during that time when you were three years old and you're like this is I have repressed these feelings what feelings were that at three and four years old if you can like explain or elaborate on that yeah you know so I wouldn't say there were like any romantic feelings for for someone else necessarily like maybe most people would imagine but uh, I just remember I think my maybe my first experience of feeling, you know, different from someone else's. Uh, in, in kindergarten, I went on a field trip, and uh, we were all assigned uh, to have a buddy with us just to make sure that we were, uh, you know, not only accountable for ourselves but for our partner as well, and just keep each other safe and whatnot. And I remember being paired up with uh, another, you know, another young boy and. Uh, for some reason, I remember holding his hand during the whole time during the field trip. And of course, it was just something so, uh, you know, innocent. It didn't mean anything other than, you know, just holding hands. But I do remember just feeling like it was okay. Like it was not a bad thing to hold his hand, you know. And I did uh, enjoy holding his hand. Uh, but I knew, you know, that that it was not okay to feel that way or to express it in any way, shape, or form. And this is preschool. Right. You knew that at four years old. Like, this wasn't okay, but it felt nice and natural to just hold your buddy's hand. And again, this was just like the buddy system in school in line to make sure everyone had a pair. No, no kid got lost during these field trips. So, you know, as you're going through elementary school, now, other than, than moving forward from preschool, what, how did that stuff de- keep developing like throughout elementary and then you start maybe middle school and hormones are changing and this is when usually the time everyone gets a little like uh, partnered, you know, here and there. You start talking about crushes or who looks good, who looks cute, who looks pretty, right? <laughs> you kind of start going through that around middle school age. And then there's there's high school and then there's different pressures as well. But how did that keep developing during those young years of like being like from a kid to a teenager? Right. Yeah. So I, I think that feeling of repression definitely got a little harder uh, you know, after after a certain amount of time. You know, like you said, when you're moving on up into elementary school and middle school and high school, you know, it, you know, uh, I think people. Um, start to talk a little more socially about you know like you said who's who's cute and and talking about dating and and whatnot and uh, it was definitely hard just because you know growing up a lot of language especially that kids still nowadays use is 
you know, they, they use the word gay and, and other word, you know, in a derogatory term. They don't use it in a positive way, unfortunately. So, you know, you know, that if you were to express your true authentic self, you know, you would be referred to as as that, you know, and, and there's definitely nothing wrong with being referred to as that. But growing up, you know, I almost felt like I was almost I was afraid I was I was ignorant. I was not able to to, you know, bask in my authentic self. And so I, I had to hide, uh, you know, my feelings, for example, you know, growing up, you know, of course, kids would always ask, oh, who do you think is cute? What girl do you think is cute? Uh, you know, and I basically had to make up a story, you know, I had to pretend like I really honestly had romantic feelings or like I wanted to date, um, you know, a, a female classmate or a female that was at school. and. Um, and you know, I, it got to a point where I felt like I, that was expected of me or not just of me, but of a boy growing up in school, you know, you have to have a girlfriend if you don't like girls, if you don't talk about girls, what's going on. Uh, so I was afraid that someone would find out, uh, about me. So I kind of had to unfortunately play the role and I did have a few girlfriends and elementary school and in middle school for that reason so when you had to go ahead and like hide that what were like your fears of hiding that why did you feel you had to repress that just you know just no especially when as as you're growing up middle school and high school you kind of have an idea already of of you know what the word gay is and and, and whatnot so you know everyone around you kind of I don't know I guess you're you're afraid for people to to know your your true self you know you you've kind of hidden yourself for so long that you kind of almost it, it almost feels normal you know so it almost feels like a, a bad thing even though it's not for someone to find out uh, about you you know so you do things um, to help kind of people steer away from that and to think that you're just like them or just like another typical, you know, boy. Yeah. yeah. And that's and yeah, and in your story or your perspective, it was just like being that typical boy, right? The boy where society or family or culture said you had to as a boy, you like a woman, women you like uh, you know, you like men and all that stuff. Like that heterosexual relationship was the norm. And you grew up that way. Right. And family-wise, you know, also with their parents, what do you say that was kind of like what what they had in mind in that sense? Because I also just don't think it was necessarily like I just, it was blocked, but it's also very much like I don't think anyone even in family or parents were exposed to that. So at the same time, how could they show us if they didn't even know themselves in terms of you know, inclusivity language like it is today, right? Um, that all of those things that we weren't shown back then and all that stuff. Like, did you have fears with that as well? Like, one thing is, okay, this is society, but what about, like, things at home for you? How did you, what was your perspective during that time growing up? With us, you know, with myself, with Tony, uh, our other brother, and then, like, our parents and everyone at home. Right. Yeah, so I would definitely say that I was um, 
it, it's almost going to sound ironic, but I, I do feel that at certain times when I was growing up with you and, and with our other brother, um, I did have moments where I was able to be my authentic self. Mm-hmm. And they didn't always, it wasn't always intentional, definitely. Uh, there were, you know, a few moments, uh, you know, where I, you know, obviously just being at home and, and being with my brother and my sister, I felt, you know, just comfortable to just naturally, you know, be who I am. Um, but at the same time, I was afraid of anyone at home knowing. I think that was my biggest uh, fear, actually. Not so much, uh, you know, having friends or or colleagues or anyone at school finding out, uh, although that was scary in and of itself as well. But, uh, you know, just having family members at home, especially my parents, find out uh, was definitely something very scary for me. And, and through that, you know, like getting older and like going to high school, one thing is just like, yes, I lied about having girlfriends around this time and saying like who I was attracted to, right? In, in terms of um, the opposite sex. But it, when it comes to now you're in high school, you're a little older, you're getting ready to go to college. How was that experience like during that time? So... During this time, um, it was it was almost still a little bit of, of the same, you know, just having to feel like I have to, uh, you know, repress myself. Uh, you know, especially in high school, you feel like, you know, you're, you're growing up, you're almost an adult now and, and whatnot. But um, there were a few times in, in high school where I did have, uh, I guess you can say, just gay experiences. I had gay friends as well. Uh, there were a few of my classmates that were actually out, uh, and I was very happy to to see that. I was, you know, almost thought that they were brave, and almost thought that they were braver than I was because, you know, despite seeing that and despite having gay friends myself, I was never able to to be like them at that time, mm-hmm. uh, and and that was hard. Just you know, feeling like I obviously wanted to have these kind of friends just knowing that they're you know at least similar to me in some sort of way and that they would be okay with me being the way that I was um but I I never had that courage to to you know to just to be out and just not be afraid of being who I was in, in high school um definitely going into college I definitely had my uh I don't know if you know other gay men have this similar experience, but I went to school uh, up north, so that's about six hours from from my hometown. Uh, we obviously live here in Los Angeles, and I went up to UC Santa Cruz for college. And you know, moving that far and just knowing that I was away from everyone that I knew, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I, I just had this liberating feeling of just, you know, I, I can kind of almost start my life over again. And this time I'm going to choose the way that I want it. And I wanted to be my authentic self in college. And I just had this feeling of, you know, I'm 18 now. I'm going to college. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid any longer of, of who I am. I'm going to stop repressing my, my true self. And, and I think that that's what I, I finally started to 
to experience that and not having to hide it at 18. And, you know, you say you you went to college, you did go up north, and I was in school with you because you and I went to the same university. And I was a senior, you were a freshman coming in, and you had you had me there in that sense. So there was one person in that whole com- campus of thousands of students, right, that knew you your entire life, right? And you said, oh, I felt braver going there because I didn't know anyone. I was six hours away from home. But, you know, in that moment, too, I was just like the closest person to home was me in that sense. What made you feel comfortable with that process of you knowing that, hey, my sister's there, um, yet I also feel this way in that sense. And then what brought you to saying, I can say this out loud. I can say that I am gay and I'm comfortable saying I am gay. Once I got to college, what was that? What changed from high school to college in terms of that transition of you going into that mindset that vulnerability and being brave you know to to live your authentic life what was that like what was that journey like for you during those years yeah so i guess a, a little bit of backstory yeah so you're you're right i definitely uh you know ended up going to santa cruz i was a freshman you were a senior um but i you know by, by that time you had already known about who i was um so that's what I meant by backstory. Uh, when I was about 15 or 16, uh, I think I did, you know, have the courage to at least tell you, and you were the very first person that I ever told that I was gay, you know? And I remember distinctly, just as soon as I said that to you, that you started laughing. Mm-hmm. And for a quick minute, I thought, okay, uh, you know, uh, maybe I maybe I shouldn't have told her. You know, maybe she's laughing at me because you know it's it's uh, it's something absurd. It's something you know. I I don't know. I don't know. I was obviously having these negative feelings, um, and I think I remember asking you. You know, why are you laughing? And you said, No, I'm laughing because I've always known. And you know, to me that was um, almost, I guess, reassuring. You know, just. It, it, it felt good to know that, you know, that at that time you weren't laughing uh, negatively because that's always something that I, I feared, you know, that if I, if anyone ever found out about me, uh, you know, they would have a negative reaction. But uh, it felt good, you know, to know that at least the first person that I told, you know, my own sister, uh, you know, was was very supportive of that. Um, and, you know, still to this day, we, we have stories, you know, where we talk to each other about, oh, you know, remember when we were growing up and, mm-hmm. you know, I always wanted to be the pink Power Ranger yeah. and <laughs> I wanted to, you know, I, I put like towels or clothing on my head and I acted as if, you know, it was just a full set of hair that I had on. That you were doing a runway walk. And I think those words, the, the whole thing when you earlier said, you know, I always thought I can be myself when we would be at home and we would play together as right. siblings, all three of us. And yeah, those were those moments where because we were playing so much pretend in that sense, it was okay, but it allowed you to be your authentic self to play pretend and put a towel, wrap it around, and that was your long hair. You know, the other towel was around like your waist and it was like we were doing runways and all these things that 
we're for us just oh we're playing we're pretending but to you it was just like i am playing i'm having fun but at the same time the reason why i'm having so much fun is because i'm able to be who i am and my brother and sister aren't being like that's weird what are you doing or anything like that we never said that to you and i think that was a thing that i always like knew in that sense but i always and again, we grew up with the same parents, <laughs> but I never felt that that was something wrong for people to be that way. So I think when you said that, and I remember we were like in the car and dad had gone to go get gas. And we were alone in the car while he was paying inside, right? And that's when you told me, he's like, hey, like, you know, and I, I don't think you, did you say you were gay? I don't remember if you did. You're, I don't think you said I'm gay. I think you said something else. Maybe. I, yeah, maybe. I remember something else for some reason. <laughs> and I said, I know, I already know, right? And that's why I laugh in terms of just like, why are you telling me something that I know? It's not a surprise to me, but it's, I've always known. So there's, there's never been a negative thing towards it in that sense. And I think for you and I understood that because I think in terms of you, us being little or you being little and playing pretend like we did it was like yeah we played it <laughs> like right. i know <laughs> in that sense and it was okay then when we were six and you were three what's the difference now that we're 15 and 18 at that point right um so you would tell me a little bit throughout high school and how you felt and all of that and i think i've always made sure to like protect you but in a way in terms of like if i need to lie for brian i would lie for brian to make sure that like if he needs to go on the date with the guy or whatever i would go ahead and figure that out and do it together or i would hang out with them so people don't think anything differently right and i think i always i always did that um for you during that time and then again you went to college you know we let's go forward now that we went backwards you go to college and you're there and then you're just like I am this person what was the situation event or time or reflection that you were just like I'm just gonna go ahead and tell people that this is who I am as an individual um, you know so you know I guess it was it, it has a much deeper meaning than just you know moving from one place you know to another faraway place um, but I kind of thought about it as, you know, I'm kind of leaving the old Brian behind. Um, you know, this person that was just scared of, of you know, what people would think and not being used to being himself, uh, you know, at all times. Um, and I just figured that this move was just kind of like almost a, you know, like a, like I was going to be reborn, I guess, and I was going to choose the way that I wanted to live my life. And at that point, I just felt, you know, I, I'm just going to be this person. And, you know, if, if someone doesn't like it or doesn't like me, then, you know, that that's on them. That's not something that I should be looking at myself in the mirror for, you know? So I just wanted to be free. You know, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, part of leaving the old Brian behind was, you know, now that I was 18, you know, that was, you know, he was a child, you know, and 
And fortunately, you know, you always have these moments of thinking, you know, if I was, if I had known this at this point in time, you know, I would have done this differently or I regret doing this, regret doing that. Um, you know, but, I, you know, I, I just felt what I felt at that time. And, and um, you know, I, can, I can't really lament on that anymore. And I just wanted to be someone that, you know, I would be proud of saying that I was, you know. So when I was 18, I just felt, I suppose, you know, you can say more secure about myself and who I was. And then you you mentioned that, of course, when you were 15, you told me and I was the first person. But once you were ready to just be who you are with everyone, who were those people that you felt you had to tell or wanted to tell first or felt comfortable or, or knew they were going to support you no matter what? Um, who were those people for you? And how important was that to have? Yeah, so a lot of those people were... Um were close friends of mine from high school. Um, you know, I, I, you know, as soon as I, I, I told them, um, you know, they, you know, they were, they were always supportive of me. You know, they, they almost also had an idea, you know, that I was, and it just felt very good to know, you know, that, you know, this person knew who I was, you know, and instead of kind of, uh, you know, outing me or questioning me at that time that they may have, figured that out about me um you know they they didn't say anything you know they just were still as much of a friend to me regardless um and you know it didn't matter you know to them at all you know they kind of had that moment of you know they'll tell you know he'll tell me whenever he's ready you know kind of thing and and um you know i always had a feeling you know that that you and, and certain friends, you know, would have that reaction, you know, that it, it wouldn't matter to you or, you know, but there was just always, you know, that, that sense of fear that was instilled, you know, of just, you know, what, what if it doesn't happen that way, you know, what's going to happen and they're not going to like me anymore. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to have that same relationship with, with my sister or my brother, or my best friend's. And I, I mean, I remember you saying it via Facebook to the world <laughs> the right, way back uh, then. Like every typical <laughs> teen growing up, yes. Yeah. So you, you did say it over Facebook. And I was like, oh, I didn't know he was going to do this. I didn't know he was ready for this, which was fine, you know, during, during that time. Because I was like, okay, like, well, now he's finally ready for it. I just didn't know you were, you were going to do that and say that that way. Um, and before telling mom and dad as well <laughs> during that time and I remember that because you had gone it was your first quarter in college right and then we were coming back for Thanksgiving break and I remember you went a little bit through a little bit of transformation technically it was nothing drastic right but you came back your ears were pierced you started to do your eyebrows and all that stuff they were really thin thinner than my eyebrows <laughs> and i told brian i was like look if you're not ready to say this to mom and dad you know we're going back home for thanksgiving we i need to just let you know that you know they're gonna potentially have questions for you in that sense because your physical appearance is changing you're changing how you're looking 
and that again it, it was just more the little aesthetics of like ear piercing eyebrows and all that stuff and I'm just like I just need you to know that right and I think we went home and it was okay and it was just like oh my god I got his ears pierced but that wasn't so much of a big deal I think um, and then when we came back to take finals <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later three weeks later then we came back home for Christmas break and that Christmas break was basically all of December in a way and I think that was the moment and I remember that because honestly before all of that happened coming back after finals right after that Thanksgiving break I remember dad coming into the room and he was asking he's like I don't know what's going on with Brian and I'm just like dad what do you mean what's going on with Brian and of course I'm just like look I have your back as your sister I'm not going it's not my right to say anything and I knew that at that time and dad's like he's it's just it's just weird and I'm just like what's weird and he couldn't look at me in the face like I was sitting in my bed and he literally got one of my pillows and like put it in his face and he was trying to talk to me like he couldn't even look at me and I know what he was trying to ask me I know that it was that question is is my son gay well he couldn't even ask me that so I said there's more important things to worry about than Brian in that sense and you need to ask him then I remember we got in the car with mom. We were going somewhere, so probably Christmas shopping <laughs> during that time. And, you know, my dad looked at my mom, and I was the only one in the car with them. And he said, I asked Tiffany, and she said that we need to talk to Brian. And I didn't say anything. I said, quiet. We went to go do what we had to do. And I believe the next day, because we always had this, Kind of like tradition in the way that every Sunday we would go into mom and dad's room, all three of us, and we would just be there in the mornings with them. Basically, we would wake them up. But we really did that even throughout college when we would come back. Like on the weekends, we would go to mom and dad's room in the morning, wake them up, but we would be in their room and like all five of us would like sit in bed and all stuff and talk, right? Um, so I remember doing that and I was going to go to the room, but you were already there. And when I walked in, I saw tears and I slowly walked back, <laughs> you know, and closed that door. And I was just like, they just asked me this yesterday. I thought this was going to take some time. I didn't think this was going to be in the next 12, 24 hours that it happened, you know, but in, in that case, in that little period of time, that was huge. What was your perspective on it? Because that was mine. That was mine to you. That, that's what I knew and all stuff. But what about you? In those two days where dad asked me this and then you, you were talking to them the following day. Like, how was that for you? Yeah, so I, I do remember that, that whole, uh, you know, when we went back for Thanksgiving break, that was the first time that I had gone back since I went up to college. Um, yeah, you know, I did have my ears pierced. I... Um, you know, I had done my eyebrows, um, and I do remember you telling me, you know, just, you know, you just have to be ready for, for mom and dad if they have any questions for you. Um, and I, I guess for me, that was more of a, I guess, you know, a, a trial run, you know, like that was my kind of way of, of going and, and not exactly telling them who I was, but maybe they can sense it. Maybe they can see at least the physical part of it. 
Um, but you know, they didn't really ask any questions or, or anything. They didn't make any comments to me during Thanksgiving. So by the time winter break came around, um, I, I felt a little more comfortable in, in having that conversation with them. Um, I wasn't fully comfortable yet just because, you know, like, again, you know, it, I know I sound like a broken record, but there's just always that fear of, you know, telling the parents and you hear all these stories about parents, like, you know, even disowning their children, uh, you know, just for being gay or, uh, you know, and, and my parents are, I know that they're not that type of, of people, uh, you know, but it's just always that, that fear of, of In having that something time, happen. You knew it wasn't that. But you remember what I told you, though. I was like, if anything happens during this break, in terms of them asking you or you telling them, I I told you I have enough money saved up where we can go to a, a hotel and stay there for a couple of days until we need to come back to Santa Cruz, right? And, and live on campus. Right. Yeah. So I, I told you, like, if anything comes up and it doesn't go the way that we think it might go, like... I'm ready to get you out of the house and then we'll have some, <laughs> somewhere to stay at for a couple of days. Then we can go back on campus. Right. Yeah. So like you said, also, um, you know, we always had this uh, tradition of going to the room and just all having a conversation before we all got up and, you know, went about our day. Uh, I do remember that day very clearly. Um, I do remember waking up. Um, I always shared a room with my brother, so as soon as I woke up, I looked on over to his bed, and I didn't see that he was there. Uh, you know, so I assumed, okay, you know, I maybe woke up a little late, maybe my brother and my sister kind of beat me to it already, maybe they're in my parents' room, so, you know, I just casually go to my parents' room, you know, I'm not thinking anything is going to happen, it's just going to be a normal Sunday morning, uh, and as soon as I open the door, um, I see that my parents are already, uh, you know, they're still in bed, they're still laying down, but I know that they're awake. Uh, as soon as I walk in, I just remember my dad saying, oh, you know, we, your mom and I want to talk to you. And at that moment, I knew, you know, you know what, like, even though I'm not fully ready for this, or, you know, I, I don't think that I'm ready, I know that this is going to happen now. And, um, like you know, your gut feeling just told you, right? This is the moment, the, right? This is it. You know, the, not exactly how I imagined it, but you know, if my parents want to talk to me about it now, then you know, I, I, I'm just gonna go for it. You know, and let's see what happens. So, um, you know, I remember going up to them, and uh, you know, it, it was very interesting to hear from you uh, when you said earlier that you know during the Thanksgiving break when Dad was asking you, you know. Mm -hmm. He couldn't, you know, just outright say, you know, is my son gay? Um, gay? Right. You know, he had to kind of just kind of, you know, beat around the bush and kind of explain it in a very broad way. Um, because he did exactly the same thing when he tried to ask me if I was. Um, but it was very clear to me, you know, that that's what he intended to know. Uh, I remember he told me, you know, your mom and I... Uh, you know, have just noticed that you have been acting and looking uh, different since you've gone to college. Uh, you know, my dad just asked me, you know, like, are, um, you know, are you, like, are you different? Like, do you have different feelings? You know, and, uh, you know, I honestly, at that moment, I, 
froze up and I, you know, I, I, I couldn't find the well, words. Actually, almost. I've never, I've never heard this story. I've never heard this part. We, we all know when we put it together what happened right. at the end of the day. But what you're saying right now, like 10 years later, really, this year, I haven't heard the story and I've never asked you hmm. until today, <laughs> you know? Well, now you're getting an inside scoop. No, right. I'm kidding. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, no. So I, I just remember freezing up, you know, and, and I just... I, I wanted to to just say it and just shout it and you know so bad, but there was just something that was just stopping me at that point, you know, just knowing that the next words that can possibly come out of my mouth can possibly change my relationship with my parents. Um, so I didn't say anything. Uh, so after maybe a minute of just pure silence, uh, my dad just said, "Okay, you know what? It's okay if you don't." want to talk about it if you're not sure of your feelings if you just don't know we don't have to do this right now you can just come back to us later um you know and that said that yeah he did so that started a conversation yes i think mom was there kind of in the beginning kind of just as a supportive figure uh you know because i i I did notice that he was eyeing mom a lot you know so i think it was (laughs) <laughs> you know, she was kind of almost like a cheerleader for him as well, you know, to be able to have this conversation yeah. and ask me. Yeah. Um, but finally, you know, after he said that, I said, no, you know, I, I am sure of my feelings. I know who I am. Uh, you know, and again, another, you know, minute of silence. But I think this time they kind of figured, you know, uh, let him just kind of tell us, you know, I think they noticed at that moment, too, that I was. You know, I was also very hesitant. I was also very afraid of, of what potentially might happen. Um, but finally, I said, you know, I, I know what my feelings are. Uh, and, um, you know, I I do. I like men. I like boys or, you know, whatever. I, I think I said I like men is what I said. Yeah. And um, my father, you know, he just had this very just blank stare on his face. You know, I uh, to me, I thought that was that moment, you know, where he, he just knew, you know, me saying that it's just it's clear as day. He knows who I am now. Um, but after a few seconds, he said, OK, so does that mean that you like both men and women? Like, do you like both? Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, I was kind of almost getting a little afraid, you know, because I was thinking, OK, at least he knows now that I like men. But maybe to, you know. So it's it, it's not so bad on him, or that he but doesn't take it so bad. Maybe right. he thinks, oh well, well, do you at least like both? You know. So I said no, or no, actually it wasn't me. My mom actually said no. He just likes men. He does not like girls. So my mom understood right away, even though she you know hadn't said anything up to that point. Uh, and then my dad just said, oh okay. And then I just looked at my mom and I saw that my mom started crying. So I figured, oh my God, okay, like I've, like this is it, you know, like I've always worked really hard in school to try to get good grades and try to do everything that they've wanted out of me to not disappoint them. But here it is, like I'm disappointing my mother, I'm making her cry. Uh, So I started crying, you know, because I I felt, you know, that my worst fears were coming true, that I was disappointing them, that they were going to be very unhappy with, with what they just heard. Um, but then my mom, after taking a few seconds to, to cry, she said, you know, this just makes me love you even more. So then, you know, it, that was just like, 
I guess the best feeling ever, uh, you know, for me. Um, and then my dad said, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very hard hearing this, uh, you know, because I honestly, you know, wouldn't have wanted it to be this way. I like, I don't, you know, but at the same time, you're my son and, you know, like I, I, I love you and, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. You Which know, was very validating, I think. Right. And, that doing that. and then I walk in and it's just like tears and I'm like, yeah, oh my I, God. it must've been around that moment yeah. because it was, it was a waterworks festival I at that time. I didn't hear anything. I just walked in and it was just crying. Not anything dramatic, but I knew you all were crying, right? Right. And I was just like, oh, it happened. I was like, I am out of here. Um, and, you know, oh, I'll let you finish that story because I'll, I'll include something else after this, but go ahead. <laughs> so that said, he loved you. Valid, it was validation from both parents at that moment. Right. And I just appreciate his honesty as well, you know? I, I, I know, you know, obviously having, uh, you know, parents, especially like, parents from like the Latinx community you know obviously they grew up in a very traditional household and with traditional beliefs and you know like a lot of uh you know uh Latin parents do um so I understand that it's it it can be hard you know I understand that you know it's not easy to just outright be accepting uh or you know fully okay with it um but I did appreciate you know his honesty and saying, you know, like, this is very hard for me to hear, you know, but at the same time, you know, you're my son and, you know, this does not change our relationship. Um, you know, and, and my mom, you know, just saying, you know, oh, you know, this makes me love you even more, you know, like that just felt, it felt very good, you know, to feel like my mother can possibly love me more, you know, because of who I really am, you know, mm-hmm. and not love me any less. Uh, and I know it's something very important for my parents at least was you know not so much the the stigma of having a gay son was hard for them but just fearing you know people hurting you people hurting me right for who i yeah. am right because not everybody is going to be accepting of who i and, am and they still see those fears it was especially after you told them but i still see those fears now and again it's 10 years later that they've known at least right right i still see the the like mom and dad kind of like not say anything towards other people in terms of like saying those things um or when you have your like partners and all of that as well because it's very much like i accept my son i accept who he you know i I accept who's gonna bring to the to the house because that means that he wants to introduce this person to the family but I don't want anyone in my family to say anything bad about him. I don't want anyone out there to say anything about him. I don't want him to get hurt because there's people that that do things to other people, right? Especially in the LGBTQIA question mark community um, or however you decide to identify as well that doesn't fit this quote social norm for society. It, it, it is scary. It is scary because we see it. We see the abuse. We see the trauma. We see, um, we we've heard of people passing away because of this, and people knowing, right, and and committing these crimes towards the community. Um, so it is scary for them because of those things, and and I don't know how to ease them from that. I I don't know how to do that. Um, 
I don't know if you know how to do that or if anyone out there may have an understanding how to help those parents that are afraid of their you know kid like potentially having society like not accept who they are and how they're gonna handle that right um, and I think that's been like their struggle it's been more like I don't want I want to protect my son so nothing happens to him from anybody right right so once you know once we do this you tell mom and dad and all stuff i've been knowing technically at that point the only one that's really missing in our immediate family is a little brother right <laughs> and and you told him but i don't think it happened right away did it um you know i i think he i may have told him slightly before before yeah i think it was before i told mom and dad um you might be right. I think I remember just, you know, telling him, uh, you know, hey, I have something to tell you. And he said, okay. And I, I think I said, you know, if, um, you know, just, just promise me that no matter what I tell you right now, like, we're still going to be, we're still going to be cool. No, I think I even said, like, you know, that, that nothing's going to change, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay, yeah, like, it's fine. Just go ahead and tell me. So I ended up telling him. And he said, oh, okay, like, that, that's cool, you know? He's like, that was it? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, that's all you had to tell me? And I I know that he always knew uh, as well. But it was just almost harder telling him than it was telling you just because, um, you know, obviously growing up, um, you know, with my dad, uh, you know, he would always, you know, tell us you know you know how was school today you know like he would make jokes about like having girlfriends and things like that and you know obviously my brother would always kind of go along with it and i always had to pretend like oh yeah you know of course yeah there's this girl that i like at school and whatnot and uh you know so i kind of figured that my brother kind of almost played into that kind of you know Mm -hmm. typical (laughs) heterosexual man banter kind of thing yeah masculinity Uh, you know, so I was afraid of telling him that just because I felt like, you know, he was going to to reject me or think that that was wrong. Right. Uh, but it felt very nice to, you know, just hearing from him that it was not he's like, That's it. <laughs> a big deal. Yeah. You know, that obviously he's like, yeah, of course. Like, you think this, this is going to change the way that we feel about each other? Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. So, yeah. So that's pretty much how the, the immediate family found out yeah yeah which was the most important one (laughs) exactly yeah and i feel very lucky to have had that reaction from everyone you know because you know here i was fearing the worst uh you know and and all of you guys ended up being very accepting of me even now to this day Mm -hmm. um you know but i know that a lot of people in my situation you know haven't had it that way you know and, and maybe the way that they did think that things were gonna play it out you know they unfortunately yeah. did play out that way or they haven't because they or they still have it or they know right. that things won't go the way that they wish it, it could go right right and they it's a very of that. right and it's a very crippling fear it really is yeah uh, you know just knowing that you know having people know who you are like that can you know change it can change your life it can change your relationship with like the most important loved people in your life right. yeah and you know it, it 
it's been a ride through that identity and I think we probably need a part two to this to continue the story because there's there's more things other than just your identity in terms of you being able to say and now own who you are right as an individual as a human being but you know like I also want to make sure we reflect back or we're able to at least provide some words of wisdom or just are able to share some of this knowledge with others that are hopefully listening and may need this or may share it with someone who they think may need it. In, in your perspective from coming out, right, um, what was the most challenging thing for you? And then what was the most positive thing for you in doing that? I would say like the most challenging part now being a gay man. It could be now or during that time. I would say during that time it was definitely you know just always having you know that that fear, you know that you can't be yourself and that people can't find out about who you really are. Um and obviously that's not something that I'm you know necessarily really struggling with at the moment uh you know just because I've, I'm very comfortable you know in, in my own skin uh but uh I would say a big challenge now is uh, you know maybe having conversations you know with my parents you know about who I am because even though they've been very supportive and, you know, like you said, I've brought partners over and they've been, uh, you know, very accepting and things like that. But I've never had, you know, conversations with them, you know, about, you know, let's say, you know, I'm going through some sort of, uh, you know, relationship trouble with someone or I just need advice, you know, like dating advice or, or whatnot. And, um, you know, I, I still to this day, I still find it very hard to approach my parents and talk to them about things like that. And I feel like I should be able to. Uh, and part of me feels like they're not ready for that. But, you know, I I could definitely be wrong. You know, maybe they're waiting for that moment. Or they wouldn't mind having those kind of conversations with me. Right. Uh, so I guess that's something that I definitely do have to work on. You know, just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of knowing that, you know, I've already had that conversation with my parents i've kind of gone through that you know fear of of them knowing already and whatnot and that didn't happen you know so i shouldn't have to feel the same way again and just being completely mm-hmm. open and honest and transparent with them and the most positive thing has been what the most positive thing is you know just you know, obviously me coming out and having, uh, you know, being my true authentic self is, has been definitely so rewarding. Um, you know, I would say that this is, you know, the best phenomenal version of me, even though obviously I still have a lot of things to, to you know, to, to learn about myself and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, but just having you know, just knowing that you don't have to hide anymore who you are and not having to make up these stories and, you know, just being honest, 
with everyone and with yourself especially uh, has been the most rewarding part definitely and like you said that's what makes you phenomenal yes I would say so definitely and any advice you want to give to anyone out there who's still having a hard time a challenge or maybe scared um, to say and live their authentic selves what would you say to that those individuals um, well you know I would tell them you know obviously you know it I know that how how scary that feeling could be um, and I know you know you we always tend to think you know that our worst fears are gonna come true and you know a lot of that time we you know that's we're our own worst enemy you know we we think uh, you know we kind of criticize ourselves so much and we think that all these bad things are gonna come from people knowing our true authentic selves but that's when you feel the most liberated that's when you feel the most authentic and just honestly you know it's like a weight lifted off of your shoulders um you know so i would say you know it's hard as you think it may be you know it, it's only going to be harder you know if, if you just kind of go about that for the rest of your life you know you have mm -hmm. to live yeah. your true self and that's when you'll really learn to to love yourself and not care so much about what others think or say about you and i think with that too what we also need to remember as well brian to add on to what you're saying is making sure that you do with where you feel that it's a safe environment and safe people right look for those that are allies in the community um, look for resources online that can really help you navigate that even if you're not ready to say that there are you know, confidential individuals out there, licensed professionals, right? Uh, for example, like therapists in that sense that um, are licensed professionals and that are confidential. Also, just other resources online. There's so many nonprofits out there that have hotlines um, for individuals going within the community, right? And may need that assistance and extra help as well and support system as well. But always make sure that it's safe, that you feel safe, um, as well and if the, you know you don't then um, just make sure you reach out and that's the best thing we can say from our experiences I think it's reaching out to the allies that we know we can support whether it's someone we know in our family at school or outside of school right like I said in these nonprofits that support the community as well yeah I think that's very important to just know you know when when to look for help definitely or that support system that's really important yeah. well brian i really want to say thank you for coming and telling your story i learned so much because i like i said and i didn't know what happened 10 years ago during that time you told mom and dad so i appreciate that experience and you telling us and being open to share your perspective story and how you navigated that part of your identity right and that's just one part of your identity you have so many others as well but um, I love you. You know, I'm here for you. I'm your ally. I'm your sister. So um, thank you so much for coming to Phenomena You Podcast and being, uh, you know, a guest in my show. Of course. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Make sure you're safe. And I'll see you next time. And don't forget to tune in and share Phenomena You Podcast.